This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zockey. And welcome back to another season of the Final Inspection Show. Of course, we'd like to thank our friends at Great Lakes Dragway for supporting the show. I'm Steve Zotke, and next to me is Anthony Mandela, subbing for Jeff Olowski, the Polish pipe bomb. However, uh, Jeff should be calling in here shortly. We want to get his feedback and uh, predictions on a couple things uh, with the upcoming NASCAR season. That starts tomorrow. In the past, we used to say, tonight... But the Clash, formerly called the Bush Clash, the Bud Clash, the Bud this, that, and everything else, is now just called the Clash. And uh, it is actually, they've gone back to the way it used to be. Uh, this event started back in 1980 as the Bush Clash. It was won by Buddy Baker. And uh, at a high speed of like 190 miles an hour, it ran green to green. and Or green to checker, I should say. And uh, it w- was on a Sunday afternoon. I remember watching it live as a small lad, and uh, and then they've moved it to Saturday night, and the powers to be and Daytona have decided, hey, let's bring it back to Sunday afternoon. So, in fact, join us, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Rolowski. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, Steve. Good to join you, man. It's uh, nice hearing your sweet voice after the uh, – <laughs> short break that the uh, final inspection show had. So I understand you're up in Green Bay. You're now the what, special assistant to Brian Good, uh, Goodenkunst and uh, Mark Murphy. Is that correct? Did I hear that right? Yeah. 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 Uh, officially, I don't start that till tomorrow. Uh, right now, I am uh, smack dab in the middle of a nine-hour, 11-year-old girl volleyball tournament. Is, is, don't they have laws against that somewhere? Is that I, it? Just seems cruel and inhumane uh, treatment of not yeah. only the children but the parents. Well, uh, Gitmo has nothing on this, man. Let me tell you. Now, but, when uh, you when you on, went up to Green Bay to interview with the Packers, Anthony and I want to know: Did you wear your best Metallica T-shirt or? I chose Slayer for that. Slayer, interview. okay, very good choice. Yeah. And uh, Ted Thompson seemed to really enjoy it. Mm. Did you do the uh, like that viral video we saw a couple weeks ago with the guy going Slayer? <laughs> that was my younger brother. Yeah. Oh, okay, very good. So <laughs> I was just telling the fans and listeners that uh, the Clash. Now it's just the Clash because uh, we know they couldn't find a sponsor apparently um, it, it, uh, for this event. 
is actually tomorrow the way it used to be. Back It started back in 1980, and it used to be a Sunday afternoon race, and they, they moved it. Is it. Do you think it's better as a Saturday night race, or is it better for Sunday afternoon? I think it's better for Sunday afternoon because it gives you more of a incentive to qualify for the clash because now you can sit there and try, you know, you're running during the day, you're running at the same time the 500 is going. So it, it you could learn more about the way the track is running and how your car is going to do for Daytona. So I think it's more of an advantage when it's run during the day for the guys that are running the 500. Interesting point. I really like that. That's that's pretty good. Uh, the Fords have been fast. Uh, I guess the nobody really, I guess the secret last year. Hey, the Fords are really fast on restrictor plate racing, and of course you had Ricky Stenhouse was the the man to beat surprisingly last year. It looks like they started out this way again with uh, Ryan Blaney leading practice uh, this morning in the Penske number twelve. Uh, can we? Is there anything that can stop the Fords? We'll see. You know, the, the talk of the off season. everybody knows how fast Toyota was last year. Chevy switching to uh, the Camaro, you know, they're doing things to increase their speed, and Ford just kind of sat on their hands and stood pat. And so the, the stories of the whole off season is how much farther is Ford going to fall behind? Yes, they were great on the restrictor plates last year, thanks to uh, the former Mrs. Danica, or Mr. Danica Patrick. Um, but it's, it'll be interesting to see if Ford is able to use the speed that they have on the super speedways and bring that to the regular everyday tracks that NASCAR runs the, the vast majority of their races on. And, of course, uh, we had some changes. To probably want, I mean, this ain't really a change. And I, so the people know uh, Chase Elliott is number, now number nine. But he did not move teams. It's the same team and everything. They just switched the numbers on it. So he did not take over uh, the five car, thankfully. I'm sure he would have <laughs> screamed and yelled if he had to. But the uh, the five car is now the 24 car. And then, of course, we have Alex Bowman in the 88 car. You got two young young cats in there, and you had a retiring Dale Earnhardt Jr., do you think overall they could be better than last year, about the same? or? I think they're going to run better. Uh, you know, you heard me all last year rag on, on Dale Jr. and how awful his performance was. I think having new blood in there with Bowman uh, will make a difference. He proved to be a worthy replacement uh, when, when Dale missed a bunch of races. And I think the, one of the main stories of the entire NASCAR season is going to be William Byron. You know, he sat there and he was in the truck series. He, you know, won almost, he was kind of Kyle Busch, uh, won just tons of races in there. And then he goes to Xfinity and he wins the championship last year. And now his meteor, uh, meteoric rise is now Cup Series. And uh, we'll see if this is actually the step that slows him down a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if Byron finds victory lane at least once this year. That would be exciting. And then, of course, uh, Ryan Blaney going to the 12 car. So Penske's back up to a full, I guess you could could say, three-car team, even though last year the Wood Brothers was a basically a Penske entry. And then Paul Menard taking his sponsorship to the 12. However, 
than he runs for the Wood Brothers in the 21 car. Uh, what's your opinion on that? I think it's good that Menard is running for Wood Brothers. Uh, it's great that they, you know, have sponsorship now and, and all that, and hopefully they can just uh, focus on on just the racing I- issue and not have to worry about the money that's coming in. Um, and with the hopefully he can build on the momentum of last year, where the Wood Brothers car was consistently, you know, top ten, top thirteen. Um, uh, that's something I would definitely like to see and I think could happen. Uh, it, you know, obviously time will tell. Paul Menard hasn't really shown to be a, you know, week, week in, week out contender per se. But hopefully, you know, like I said, with uh, the momentum that the Wood Brothers have after last season and not having to worry about sponsorship dollars, hopefully they can keep that momentum going. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to watch him on on the super speeder super or the restrictor plate races such as Daytona and Talladega with the strong package that they have along with Ford with the Wood Brothers and and he's always kind of had a strong uh, uh, and he's very experienced he's running in the series over ten years now it should be interesting to see how well he runs on those on those tracks and I I, I wouldn't even necessarily call him a dark horse but. I think he could be a contender for all four of those races. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I just, I was, when you have a driver with the experience of Paul Menard, with the financial backing that he brings to any team that he would go to, I expect a little more out of him. You know, I expect him to be uh, competing for top 15s week in, week out. And so far we haven't seen it. Um, I'm, I am very skeptical to, uh, to pick a dark horse anymore because uh, Clint Boyer sing- single-handedly ruined uh, a couple fantasy uh, leagues I had <laughs> because I keep thinking that Clint's going to break through and have a fantastic year. So now that I haven't picked him, I'm sure Clint Boyer will make the final four in Miami. But uh, you know, I, I just I hope that that Paul Menard can turn the corner and can keep his car up top fifteen, top ten. Uh, you know, the majority of the weeks, I just I don't have a entirely a lot of faith in that mm-hmm. but uh you know i'm waiting for him to prove me wrong no i can see that i, I think you're going to see the pulmonar that we usually see where you see him one week racing real well let's say at a track like such as michigan or that and then the next couple of races not so well and then he'll pop up again in the top 10 saying hey look at this you know and then he'll unfortunately that's the problem with pulmonar he hasn't been able to put all of those good good runs in a long uh, in a long run uh, clash speeds from today, practice uh, ending this morning at Daytona. Uh, Ryan Blaney, uh, as I said before, was fastest. And then we have Joey Logano was second. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was third with Brad Keselowski fourth. That's a Ford one, two, three, four. And then we have, uh, of course, the 42 car followed by 95. Of course, that is now uh, Casey Kane. And then uh, Bush, the Bush brothers. Followed by the 11, 20, 78, 48, and so on. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what happens this year. Uh, who do you want to just for what? Let's let, let's pick a champion. Who's gonna win it all? Or should we just go Daytona? Oh well, might as well do both, so that way we could both be doubly wrong. <laughs> um, 
you know, for Champion, it's hard. You know, I think Truex will keep up his speed. He's still in Toyota, which was the dominant manufacturer last season. Um, but, you know, I obviously I can't pick the obvious guy. So I'll go with Kyle Larson. Hopefully he learned uh, – he learned how to finish races last year. He won a bunch. He had a couple bad weeks in the chase, which, you know, knocked him out, but, uh, or playoffs, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but yeah, also, <laughs> I'm going to go with Larson as champion for uh, the 500. Oh, man. You know, it's such a crapshoot, and anybody can win. So for the 500, I'll take. William Byron, Ooh. the rookie, first race to victory lane. Well, I do like your pick of Kyle Larson because I'm going to go in the same direction, Kyle Larson for the championship. And then uh, uh, I think I'm going to go, and not because he's fastest today, but just because that package is so strong at Daytona and restrictor plates. I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney for the uh, Daytona 500 win. It's a That's a good choice. My problem with Blaney is that I think he cheated to get the fastest uh, time. <laughs> You know, when you cut your hair and you cut that awesome 70s mustache that he had, uh, and then all of a sudden you have the fastest car, I, I don't support that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the reason I can't go in, in Blaney's direction. When you drive for the captain, you will become clean-shaven and look very very nice for corporate America. That's one of the trade-offs. <laughs> Drivers all the way back to Rick Mears in 1978 have found that out and, and so forth, so... Yeah, we'll see. I, I like him with the hair and the seventy stash, but uh, you know, I, I think Blaney is going to have a, a very strong year. I think Blaney, if you're sleeping on on Ryan Blaney, I think you're gonna you're gonna miss out because uh, I think he he continues to turn some heads this year. He certainly does. Well, Jeff, uh, we thank you for joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and look forward to you chatting with you, of course, Goldstein next week. However, it's going to be a short show as we're preempted by Admirals Hockey. A uh, short show. It's only going to be a 30-minute show on the radio. However, we are going to be podcasting a portion of it, so a lot more will be available on the the 105.7 uh, uh, FM, the fan website. Anthony, why don't you read that liner for us, please? Absolutely. If you're looking for a simple and convenient pre-approval process for your new home, Construction or renovation loan, call Great Midwest Bank, committed to providing uniquely tailored common-sense mortgage products since 1935. Jeff, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Steve. Can't wait, buddy. All right, thank you. And it should be a full show today. Uh, coming up next, we got uh, Dennis Michelson and Lori Monroe will be checking in, and uh, we'll be chatting uh, about NASCAR. And then at the bottom of the hour, we got John Close from CloseFinishes.com, noted NASCAR author, former spotter and uh, sidekick to Richie Bickle. He'll be joining us in the second half of this hour. And then also from Chicagoland Speedway, we are going to have uh, Denny, uh, Denny Hartwig, the director of communications for Chicagoland Speedway, will be joining us in the second hour. So it should be a fun show. And then at closing out the show will be David Hobbs. I found him in Chicago uh, last week and uh, ch sat down and chatted with him about the coming uh, F1 season and his also his book that's being released in March. So make sure you tune in for that. Uh, it's time now for a break, and we'll be back in just a moment on the Final Inspection Show. This 
is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Of course, I am Steve Zotke with Anthony Mandela today. And uh, Anthony, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Not not a big not a big NASCAR fan. No, or I'm race not. fan in general. I just don't know a lot about it. You are you are the coveted person everybody's after. Yeah. Every sport is after you. How old are you? Twenty Wow. Twenty four. Okay. You're right in that age. Everybody yep. wants you. Soccer wants you. Football doesn't think they need you, but they do need you. Baseball mm-hmm. wants you. Basketball and basketball is probably the strongest uh, lead, and I'm in my guess for you right now in your group. And then uh, Na- NASCAR, IndyCar, all of these guys are, are chasing you. You are the 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 unicorn when it comes to marketing. The holy grail. The yes, you are. And so, I mean, is it? Does a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour race something that's intriguing to you? Uh, Be honest. I mean, I would definitely watch it. I've been to some of the smaller tracks around here, Slinger Speedway. I've been up to Road America before. It's a good time watching. I just, uh, I guess because I'm that coveted person, that's why Jeff had to go find other work (laughs) up in Green Bay. The, uh, yeah, and I I always... You know, we've had discussions, you know, when, when, if there's, you know, especially if there's a rainy session, you know, all the media guys were up there in the media center chatting, how can we fix this? You know, we're trying to save the sport, this and that, and not that it needs to be saving, but there's certainly issues out there and, and, and demographics and in some areas of racing is, is kind of scary, but you know, well, one thing that we all kind of agree on is, yeah, we got to shorten it, you know, shorten, everything needs to be shortened down. And if you look at what, uh, yeah, the, the 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 XFL. You know what they're they're talking about two hour games, and I I mm-hmm. keep I hark I always say, the greatest TV sport. Uh, to me, of course, there's a Super Bowl in that. It's the NC the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. You know why? It's bam bam. Everything's clicking. Two hour games. You on know, you lose your yeah, you lose your out on to the next one. Boom boom, and then of course gambling. That's oh, the other yeah. thing that's huge. But you know, it's it, it's it's fast. It, it's you got a couple games going. You can look in. There's always something happening. And I just, I, I just think everything in baseball is is starting to. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to you know start using pitch clocks and whatnot. And I th- I just think that you know NASCAR IndyCar is 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 the shorter of the two when it comes to uh, lengths of. Uh, of races and that, but I think, I think that's one of the things we need to look at. Also, they're always looking at technical ways of trying to produce a better product on the track and racing and that. And our friends, uh, uh, Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe took a look at that with some of the changes in the rules coming up for the 2018 NASCAR season. Let's, uh, let's check in with, uh, those guys. All right, Laurie Monroe, another season for NASCAR and another batch of new technology heading into the sport. How excited are you for the new laser measuring stick? 
You know, uh, it, what are they going to change next? I I just don't I just don't understand why we sort of get go in one direction, then they just sort of steer it another direction, and you know, and then lasers. Like my God, over the years we've talked about how the tolerances are just getting so small, and again with the lasers. Please explain it to me. Why? I have no explanation. All I know is NASCAR... They want to be fancy. They want to be fancy and big time is what it is. And NASCAR is claiming that this is going to save time during the inspection process, and I'm not buying any of it. I think we're going to see a cluster frustration starting this week at Daytona for the clash where you're going to end up with a lot of teams struggling to make it through qualifying the first five times. <laughs> the first five times. <laughs> yeah, I can, uh, I'm right there with you. It, it, just leave it to them to find a, a way to fail, yeah. Meanwhile, also Back at the ranch. in the new technology department, how about getting rid of the Jackman and letting technology do it? So is there truly a reason why they're getting rid of the Jackman? Is this one of these deals to try and save money for the teams? Is that one of the excuses? That's the claim. But if that was the claim. Okay, well, here's my take on this whole claim. So you pare down the -the over-the-wall guys by losing one individual, saving the teams X amount of money, whatever his salary would be. This makes really, really, really good Jackman, everybody, anybody who's involved in going over the wall, this, this makes such a, this is in their favor, the good guys, because now if you're really good at what you do, you can name your price. This is not going to save the team's money unless they put a salary cap on this. Some guys that are so good, they'll be able to ask anything they want because it gets to the point if you only have two guys going over the wall, you want to pay $2 million to each guy to get the very best that you can. This is just, it's just ridiculous. I i, I just don't see how this is saving, going to save anybody money. And like Childress said once years ago, it sure, it's costing him a lot of money for NASCAR to be saving him money or however that whole saying went. It's costing, it's costing me a lot of money for NASCAR to be saving me money. Whatever he said, this is it again, right in your face. And meanwhile, also in the technology world for the pit crews, how about a pit gun with a restrictor plate? (laughs) Well, this is the one thing that doesn't really bother me as much. It does and it doesn't. I love ingenuity i love the fact that you can get a little bit of advantage here and there because they've taken away your advantage everywhere else why not have it in the pit gun and now they're taking that away so you know it's going to get down to basically they're going to give you a rock and a stick to go out there and try and and be the fastest you can i can see that's going to be next I a say, rock and a stick. I say bring back the old tire iron, man. Just let them do that. Yeah, let them do it manually with no tools. Look at how much money that will save the teams. Well, this is it. You, you want to save these teams money? Like, man. And meanwhile, while they're saving teams money, they're costing teams money because now the side skirts are going to be made mm-hmm. of a composite material instead of good old fashioned 
aluminum or steel? Yeah, um, I haven't really seen what this is going to look like, but uh, I've heard that apparently it looks like it, there's a hinge involved, but there isn't. Will any of these technology changes give us better or more even playing field for the racing product that we see on the on the screen? Will it be a better race? No, none of this will make any of it a better race. All it's going to do is get these teams and all the people who work on the teams running around and scrambling to get everything going as per NASCAR's rules again. That's all it is. It's just a. It's just like taking a handful of uh, rocks, throwing it in the air, and people scrambling and picking them up. That's all it is. Because really, at the end of the day, all we want is good racing, and this is just basically it's 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 a Y in the road, and you got to figure out which Y to take, which direction, left or right. Uh, let's check back in with uh, Dennis and Lori and find out uh, what's going on with the encumbered win in NASCAR. All right, Lori Monroe. We have a very sad news to report today here on the Final Inspection Radio Show because there was a loss of a great, great, well, I don't know if he was a man, but a great term in NASCAR racing has gone away long before his time was due. But we have to say goodbye to an old friend gone way way before his time we will no longer be able to talk about our friend the encumbered win so what do we say this is what i don't understand apparently the penalty is still there but now it's going to be a a a 20 word sentence to try and explain what is going on why wouldn't they just keep encumbered if they're not changing any of it this is what i don't understand what's it going to be called now I think it's going to be called a naughty win. How about just call it a cucumber? A cucumber win. Sadly, Ryan Blaney will not advance due to the cucumber. That's just pathetic. I kind of like cucumber. (laughs) That that might be a great name for this, Laurie Monroe. There's some of the same letters. You see, if... If there was a big wall plaque with all these individual steel letters, you wouldn't have to throw them all out. You could just add a couple and turn encumbered into cucumber. Boy, that'd be like on Soul Train where they had the mixed up letters and you had to form a band name. I like this. So what See? else What else can we make out of encumbered win? Oh. Actually, a few names that would probably get us kicked off the radio, but that's all another story. I would story. think so, yeah. Is this another case of NASCAR being embarrassed with a rule that they put into place and feeling like they have to do something to look better? Well, changing things constantly does not make anyone look better. And what I don't understand is we just get something rolling and next thing they know, they they, they go change it again. Wouldn't you think they would think stuff through? It just gives you a sense of total like a lack of confidence in their decision-making. And quite frankly, what I saw at the awards banquet with with, uh, Brian French just walking through like a steamroller, not even saying two words, I don't know what the hell's going on there. There's something something odd. It just doesn't leave me feeling good. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news from Daytona Beach, Florida. This just in. 
for the first time in 15 years, NASCAR announces no major changes to the points scheme. I like the fact that you call it a points scheme because that's what it is. That's all it is. It's a scheme. It's a scheme. <laughs> it's nothing more than a scheme to cause you scheme. to have excitement at the end of the season. Does it cause you to have excitement at the end of the season? Not at all. I like good old-fashioned racing where if somebody goes out and beats you by five laps, you say, congratulations, you were the dominant team, you deserve this win. If somebody goes out and wins the first 20 races of the season, you start calling them champion in July. Who cares? (laughs) Shouldn't the champion of a sport be the person in that sport that has the best performance? Or are we going to start seeing debris cautions at the Olympics during speed skating races? Well, you know, you could you could snap a blade, I suppose. Oh, that would be But yeah, it, uh, I, I've always been one for consistency. That's the traditional way of looking at it as well. Quite frankly, I've never really given too much um, thought to who's going to be the champion every year. Just every weekend, in my opinion, is an event. And there's the opportunity for somebody to win, the opportunity to see some good action on the track. And that's really all I care about. And then, oh, when you get towards the end of the season, well, so-and-so is going to be the champion. That's the way I grew up looking at it. It was never all of this importance being placed on who is going to be the champion in this huge countdown playoff, all of this stuff. I really didn't care. Just wanted to see good racing. We're only 26 races away from the chase, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. As as we count the points right now, a oh, week gosh. before the first points race, <laughs> yes. we have a Who's forty. Leading? We have a forty-way tie for first place. Incredible! It's, I love it. It's gonna be. They're gonna have to pick out the largest cucumber to decide <laughs> who gets to go on to the chase. Well, may I suggest one of those English ones that they grow in the greenhouses without the prickles on them? Those are horrible. But the nice, the nice smooth English ones that you can put on your Greek salad. Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe from Race Talk Radio. Make sure to check out more of their stuff on racetalkradio.com. And we'll be checking in with them in the next, uh, next hour for their race predictions for the 2018 season. And uh, coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, we'll be talking with John Close, who's down in North Carolina. We'll be chatting with him about uh, what's new and uh, exciting in the new 2018 NASCAR season, which starts tomorrow with The Clash. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is NASCAR Insider, the, the man who has all the information, John Close, calling us from Charlotte. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Steve. How are you, bud? Doing pretty good. How's the weather down there? Uh, it's uh, it's nice enough temperature-wise. It's uh, mid-60s, but it's uh, raining pretty good today. It is. Well, you know... It's a, 
it's a well you say it was it April showers but in your case it's I guess it's February showers bring your March <laughs> yeah, flowers fortunately it's not raining in Daytona this is true and uh yes Ryan Blaney the quick and uh, I was talking before to Jeff Orlowski our producer who is away on assignment uh, this weekend with girls volleyball uh the Fords are pretty quick down there and they've been quick last year uh, on the restrictor plates, and does anybody have anything for them? Well, you know, actually, I think uh, I think the Chevys are pretty good. Uh, you know, they've got the new Camaro ZL1 model, and normally when you have uh, a new model, you know, it takes a little bit of time to shake that out. Um, but they had a great test this last week in Las Vegas with the regular package. And today, you know, the, the, the practice this morning was a little misleading. Uh, Blaney led the practice and led a Ford top four there, but they basically hooked up in about a six-car draft at the end of practice and ran uh, in the 199-plus range. But earlier in the day when there were single-car runs, um, it was all Chevys all across the top at around 192-plus. Uh, right now in the current practice for the 500 cars, uh, you got Chevys at the top with uh, Alex Bowman and, and Jimmy Johnson in the 193-194 range. Um, so, you know, I, I, I we know that the Fords are great on the restrictor play tracks, especially when they can get uh, on the super speedways, when they can get locked up in the draft. And uh, they certainly showed that this morning, but... Uh, you know, all the cars this year are going to have some challenges because um, I heard your last segment, you know, uh, with uh, Lori and Dennis about the rules. And while those things on the off-track rules are pretty interesting, uh, you know, we've had a number of technical rules, again, changes this year to make it a little bit uh, closer. And one of the things is, is they've, you know, they've taken away more downforce. Uh, last year, I think everybody remembers they made the rear blade, the rear spoiler a lot smaller. And now this year they've, uh, you know, they've kept that. They haven't reduced the uh, the spoiler at all. But um, all the cars will have a common front splitter this year, and a radiator cooler. They're also all going to run the same gear. Um, you know, bottom line is uh, downforce on the cars is going to be reduced in you know more than uh, 200 pounds, uh, 40 of that on the back and 160 on the nose. So everybody's going to have kind of a new car to to deal with somewhat uh that's not unusual you know there's always mm-hmm. rule changes every year but uh you know if if it gets down to a, a single car or somebody can break away uh, a little bit at the end and um i think the chevys could be good and you know the toyotas they were jack the bear last year especially at the end so you know it's it, it, it's just such a crapshoot at, at daytona but um i don't think the fords are locked by any stretch Last year was a down year for for Hendrick Motorsports, which is unusual. Uh, with Chevys, like you were saying, looking pretty good, and you got Jimmy Johnson in a black car this year. Uh, could we? Uh, could be? Could this be a bit of a Hendrick uh, Renaissance in twenty eighteen? Well, you know they only scored four wins all last year, and and three of those were by Johnson, and and he never had another one after after the June race at Dover. So, um, yeah, that was a down year for them. Um, I, I don't know as though that renaissance is going to come this year, Steve. Um, I, I, you know, for all the success that they've had, boy, Jimmy and, and Chad are so dysfunctional at times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and I, I, you know, they're a great team, but, you know, we'll have to see if they can just sustain and, and rebound a little bit. Um, Chase Elliott, you know, it's almost like his career right now is a carbon copy of his dad. You know, his dad finished second eight times before he won. I think Chase has finished like second five times now. And until he learns to close, um, not spin the tires on the restarts, not get out driven on the final lap, um, you know, the jury's out on him. And who knows what the two kids are going to do. I think I think the Bowman kid is supremely talented. And, um, you know, William Byron, I know he's a, he's a real trendy pick right now for a lot of people. Um, it's great they have these kids, but I, it might be a year or two, I think, Steve, before they really shine. If, if uh, anybody's going to lead the Chevy camp this year, I mean, it's going to be Kyle Larson and, um, you know, even Jamie McMurray. I mean, you know, looking at picks for Daytona, I mean, he's, he's probably the most aggressive uh, super speedway driver in the series. And, uh, you know, if they can get together, they, they could do uh, big things this year as well. Are, should NASCAR be concerned about Mon- Monster not returning next year? Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, for years there was so much stability with RJ Reynolds. I mean, that was a, whatever it was, a 40 year relationship, um, 30-year relationship between them um, where where you had that, um, not necessarily the money, Steve, but but the consistency of the marketing direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, R.J. Reynolds, more than, than the, the money aspect, brought uh, a marketing sensibility to NASCAR uh, that they had never had before, and I'm not sure they've had since. Um, uh, you know, there, there was a plan in place and it was executed. And, and uh, so, um, you know, when, when you're, a, a, for lack of a better term, a, a sponsor-driven sport like auto racing is, um, you know, the perception is, boy, you know, why are people not being involved in this or going away from this? Um, you know, it's a tough sell these days in the, in the money markets. And, and it's uh, the amount of money that, you know, is – is not only available, but what they're asking is, wow, um, pretty staggering. So certainly, you know, I mean, um, uh, I think Monster going away might be um, perceived perceived as a negative, but the reality of the situation is, I, I think that they were stopgap to begin with, right? Um, and and so, um, while it's it's not good to have them go away, it's you know, it's highly potential that. They might get a better partner that's going to have some longevity to it. So until it, until it really happens, you don't know. You know, th- throwing out what you're what you think about you know your personal feelings on tobacco sponsorship and that even to the listeners and that, I, I think one of the underrated stories across the last fifteen years is just how much racing has suffered in all areas of a motorsport without that tobacco money. And I don't really think it's ever been replaced, whether it's uh, IndyCar with, with Philip Morris or, or RJ Reynolds in, in uh, NASCAR and, and uh, you know, other companies in, in NHRA and, and World, World of Outlaws and Camel in uh, IMSA. I mean, it's just incredible how much activation those series got from that and, and, you and I saw that firsthand when we would walk into into the media center 
in our our spots, uh, you know, in in the media center, we filled with swag, with duffel bags and jackets and hats and you name it. And now, you know, you're 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 lucky to get a you know a a, a cozy. Well, you know, the for for some of our younger listeners, the way the tobacco sponsorships and NASCAR and all the other sports that you all the other motorsports you just named was. The you know the U.S. government cracked down on tobacco mm-hmm. in the late '60s and restricted how they could advertise, and they took away their their biggest deal, which was of course TV. Um, and so all of a sudden, companies like R.J. Reynolds and Marlboro and and a lot of the others, they they had this amazing amount of money to spend and no place to put it. And motorsports proved to be the the golden calf for them across the board, regardless of division or series. And, um, you know, they poured uh, more money into motorsports than motorsports ever knew existed. And that really, along with some of the other things like, you know, uh, the advent of cable TV in the the 80s, just really, really exploded motorsports onto the – uh, the national scene where all of a sudden things that guys like you and I who have loved auto racing our whole lives and wanted to be, you know, considered to be on par with the stick and ball sports. Um, all of a sudden we had that. Um, now there's been a fundamental shift in, in a lot of things, including the sponsorship and public tastes and what people do for recreation these days, uh, even how, you know, we're, we're seeing the events, um, uh, you know, how we're receiving them on our different devices. It's not all on TV anymore. So so the, the landscape has changed so much um, with the demise of tobacco sponsorship and the changes uh, societally that, um, you know, it's really hard for companies to be all in on anything because um, there's just such a diversity of interest in the way things are delivered these days that back in the day, you know, if you just had TV to deliver and of course radio. Um, but, but now it's, uh, it's really hard for them to wrap around exactly what the ROI, the return on investments going to be. And again, when you com- contrast that against the astronomical amounts of money that it takes to be involved, um, you know, it, it's dried up. There's no doubt about it. We're talking to John Close on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. John, you, you want to hold over for a segment as we take a quick uh, commercial break? That'd be great. All right. We'll be right back with John Close on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the final inspection show. Of course, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out their website at greatlakesdragway.com for their upcoming 2018 schedule. Chatting with John Close on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Of course, his book, 1001 NASCAR Facts, Cars, Tracks, Milestones, and Personalities, available on Amazon. Is that correct still? Yep, yep. It's uh, still out there and... If you go to Amazon, uh, they'll deliver it right to your door. In fact, I think if you're an Amazon Prime member, it's on sale. So make sure you, you check that out. And uh, y- your earlier book, that the one I really liked, is your your truck series book that you did. 
about five, six years ago, that that should be still available too. Maybe not, uh, uh, maybe as a used bookstore if they missed it the first first time around. You can find it, uh, but it's out of print. And gee, Steve, time flies. I mean, I did that book in 2007. It's actually 10 years ago. Yowza. Yeah, well, no kidding. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> of course, uh, for those not aware of it, John was uh, one of the early players in the, in the truck series when it first started out. You were working with Richie Bickle and also with uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. Uh, I believe you worked with uh, Jimmy Hensley too. Is that is that correct? Do I remember that right? Yeah, I I, I had a turn there at uh, um, at Richards, which was a great time. And uh, uh, then I worked in the truck series a lot. I managed a uh, um, media and marketing firm where at one time we actually represented seven trucks um, in the series one year in 2000. More than half of them were in that big wreck uh, that Jeff Bodine had at the season opening race at Daytona. But uh, I spent a lot of time in the truck series over here. It's where I where I spotted the most races. Um, um, you know, had had a couple wins there and, and had some some big fun there doing that. So truck series is real near and dear to my heart. But Steve, I got to tell you, I've been watching these practices this morning mm-hmm. and. Um, this new rules package is pretty interesting. These cars are uh, more stable than I've seen them in a really long time, and I'm just amazed at how tucked down on the racetrack they are. How uh, they, they One of the rules they changed this year was the, the last couple of years, uh, I don't know how many, NASCAR handed out the rear springs. They mandated a 400-pound rear spring. Well, this year, one of the things they've done is they've, hey, whatever springs and shocks you want to run, uh, have at it, and I've never seen the wheels on these cars so far tucked up inside the body. I mean, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're just squatting on the racetrack. And um, you know, normally you see the in cars, the car in front is just dancing all over. These cars are so stable. Um, you know, it, it remains to be seen how this package is going to work during the race. But um, I really think they've hit on something here. They've already made one little change. Uh, in case you haven't heard. They mandated a 360 engine rule. You know they're going to use the same engine for for practice qualifying the the duels in the 500, and uh, by putting a little taller gear in, they're they're probably dropping a couple hundred RPM to make the engines lift. But this this new package looks, you know, first blush out of the box uh, in the practices today. Um, this is looking pretty good, boss. Should be interesting, and uh, of course the the clash switching back. For those who might not be aware of it, it was on Saturday nights for a good 15, 20 years. It's back to how it ran back uh, back originally, back in the old days, back in the 80s, when it was on a Sunday afternoon and many memorable clashes over the year. John, of course, of Buddy Baker winning the first one. And a lot of people remember that, that Ricky Rudd crash in the 1984 oh. uh, in yeah. his Bud Moore Thunderbird, and which... Uh, <laughs> He actually had to tape his eyes open because <laughs> they were so small in the race in the Daytona 500 the following week. Uh, you, no, you, you couldn't call uh, Ricky Rudd a wimp, could you? Well, you know, the, the guys back then, um, a lot of them had to race more out of necessity than anything. Um, you know, the, the money wasn't anywhere near what it is today, obviously, and, and – uh, you know, guys like Ricky Rudd, they were tough dudes. I mean, to this very day, that's still probably one of the most violent wrecks I've ever seen at Daytona. 
And, and again, we didn't have the kind of, uh, you know, driver safety equipment mm-hmm. uh, that they have uh, now. Uh, another enhancement that they've made this year is, um, you know, they've had the IDR, uh, the incident data recorder, in the cars the last couple, three years. And now they've added a camera to that this year. So whenever there's a, a driver is actually in a, a significant wreck, uh, a camera goes on and it shows what happens to the driver uh, in the car. So there's there's a lot of new rules this year, you know, and I mean, some of them, um, you know, remain to be seen. I know that, that Lori and Dennis had a lot of fun with the, uh, the inspection deal, but, um, you know, based on the inspection thing last year, um, how many times did we see that there was an issue trying to get through tech to even get out and qualify? Um, this deal's supposed to be faster. You can do an entire car within three minutes. Um, they, they've also um, they've increased the tolerances on the on the bodies and the the glass themselves, uh, so that you know there's a, a wider range, even though it's in terms of uh, you know hundreds of thousandths of an inch. It's still it's still easier. The pit road thing that'll be really interesting to see how that goes with only five guys over the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they they've also restricted the number of people that you can take to the racetrack. You know it used to be that some of these larger teams could take you know a giant number of people to the racetrack, and now um, you know now you're you're limited to I think uh, fifteen. No, actually, it's twelve. And that does, the only one that doesn't count toward it is the truck driver. Who, you know the transport driver who's chief cook, bottle washer, and everything else while you're at the racetrack. So, you know, they're, they're, if you look at the, my book, A Thousand and One NASCAR Facts, the one thing that you'll come away with is that, you know, NASCAR changes something every year. And, uh, you know, people lose their minds every year because mm-hmm. this changes or that changes. But, you know, even back in the day, the days that people just, oh, I wish it was like that, you know, something changed every year. And, uh, you know, they're just trying to – keep the, the sport more relevant and uh, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but um, the changes that they made this year, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see what happens and uh, you know, it, Hey, if it doesn't work, they'll change it. Like I said, they already changed the gear rule this morning. So um, you know, if it, it's the one thing that you can count on with NASCAR is it, they're going to change stuff. And if it doesn't work or if it doesn't make money, <laughs> then they're going to change it. All right, John. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your insights and look forward to chatting with you in the upcoming weeks. Well, Steve, it's always a pleasure. You've been such a good friend to me over the years, and the opportunity to come on your show is is a, a real great honor, and it, yeah, it gives me a chance to say hi to all my Wisconsin peeps out there. So uh, best to everybody and enjoy the season. All right, that's John Close. Make sure to check out his book, 1001 NASCAR Facts, available on Amazon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 